The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. We hope you enjoy this conversation in a series we are calling Practicality. If you'd like to know more information about the church, please visit us online at connectionchurchnc.com. How are you? How about that? Let's give God praise because that's what we just did is we just worshiped him with our voices, man. That was some phenomenal, phenomenal singing. I'm so thankful. If you have a Bible, I'd like for you to take it out real quick. We're going to be looking and reading a lot of scripture, jumping from place to place this morning. So we're going to start in James chapter three. James chapter 3, he's writing this very practical letter that we've been going through during this series called Practicality. And today is like as many days we have in this book, in this study, we have been addressing some pretty heavy topics. And today is like none other. So we're going to be looking in James chapter 3, starting at verse 3. I know it's tradition... For us to stand as we read God's word, you've been standing a lot this morning, so why don't you think really hard in your mind and in your spirit. Tell yourself right now you're standing up, even though you're sitting down as we read God's word. It says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. James, slow down a little bit, man. This is getting harsh. Verse 7, it says, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives? Or a grapevine bear figs, neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Hey, Jesus, we've worshipped you with our voices and our tongues. And God, right now, we come to you reading your holy word. God, may I just be removed and may your Holy Spirit who is very present in this place right now, may he speak. God, you can say things to your people that I could never muster out of my mouth. And so will you just continue to speak truth? May you have your way. And may we leave this place much different than when we came in. Jesus, your name is power. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Guys, James, in this very practical letter, he speaks great truth. 
And James had me here in the third chapter as soon as he started talking about fire. Do I have any pyros in the house? Couple? Hey, listen, James, you had me at fire. I don't know about you all, but I love fire. I mean, there's nothing better than the smell of a freshly struck match. I, I, I don't know why I used to do I better not get too close to that gas can with this, man. That'd be crazy. I don't know. There you go. See? Man, that's some good stuff. How many of you in here used to eat the heads off of these matches? Anybody in here? Say, you're, say yes if you did. It's okay. I used to. I used to. So you don't be ashamed. There's just something about the sulfur in these matches that I used to eat. And when I was little, I loved the taste of that sulfur from the match. That just sparked the pyromaniac in me. I love it. But here in James chapter 3, James uses a correlation between our tongues and the things that come out of our mouth, and he correlates them with fire, but in a very negative way. You see, our tongues... And the things that come out of our mouth are, man, they can be very destructive. I learned this early on in my marriage, just how venomous and destructive my mouth and my tongue could be. Back in my early days, and there's a picture of me and my wife that you'll see on the screen here in just a second. Back in my early days, yeah, that's me. Yeah. I'm pretty good looking in that picture. I don't know where that dude went. But anyway, early on in our marriage, this picture was taken in 1999. We traveled around uh, North America playing golf. This picture was actually taken in Edmonton up in Canada. Actually, yeah, this picture was. But in Houston, Texas in 1999, I learned how just deadly my mouth could be. You see, we were in Houston, Texas, and... I got to the ninth hole one day, and I wasn't having a particularly good day on the golf course, and and I was just spewing venom out of my mouth. And we got to the ninth hole, which came back to the clubhouse in the parking lot there. And as as I putted in on the ninth hole, and I went over to my golf bag, and I probably slammed my putter back down into my golf bag, and was ready for my caddy to grab the bag and we were going to go to the back side to the 10th tee and just to see if we could turn this day around I looked back and my golf bag was still there by the green and I started to look around and I was looking for my caddy who happened to be my wife and the guys that I were playing with said dude She went to the parking lot. You see, she left my golf bag and she went to the car and she quit on me because of the deadly poison that I was spewing out of my mouth. She had had enough. And then she let me have it and she spewed a little deadly poison as I got finished that day. She said, Scott, I thought I married a golfer, not a sailor. But I learned quickly just how deadly and poisonous the things can be that come out of my mouth. 
You see, James writes about our tongue here. And he says that in James 3, our tongue, he uses these words to describe it. He says our tongue is, is a fire. He says that it is a world of evil. He says it is a restless evil. He says it is deadly poison. He says, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a simple, small spark. I know God takes this stuff serious. I know because his word tells us just how serious he takes the things that come out of our mouth. God hates one with a deadly mouth. And you say, Scott, that's a little harsh. God doesn't hate anything. Well, don't take my word for it. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 6. In Proverbs chapter 6, the 16th verse, it says, There are six things the Lord hates. There are seven that are detestable to him. Verse 17 says, haughty eyes. Get this one, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devices wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among his brothers. As I think God takes the words and the things that come out of our mouth, I think he takes them very seriously. And many of us here today, we have probably not given two thoughts to some of the things that come out of our mouth. It's just so innocent. Because our words and our sentences and our conversations, they simply come and go. They come out of our mouth and then they vanish. Innocent enough. I told you I love fire. I love it. Like if you come to my house a lot in the summertime, you'll you'll see that I have most of the time a fire in my backyard. I love it. Last night we were planning on to have a bonfire there at at, at the, uh, the, the 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 volunteer appreciation dinner. So I had my gas to start the fire, but it was a little hot, and so. Listen, did you know that the actual gasoline itself is not the danger? Like the liquid is not the danger. Do you know what is so dangerous about gasoline? Huh? They've made these things so difficult to pour these days. I want more gas. That's enough. You see, that liquid that I just poured there, that's not what is so dangerous and so deadly. Like right now, probably here on the front row, you can smell the fumes because gas has a very strong smell. Like all around here, probably even out to here, are, are gasoline fumes that, well, they're very deadly can't see 
like by now they're probably over the edge of, of this, this, uh, this, this platform. Whew. Bradley Hill, would you come up here, man? You're a fireman, so you can handle these kinds of situations. Like, I was going to do this, but I said, no, I'm going to let him do it. All right? Move this can, dude, so it don't get crazy. Move it your way. <laughs> Hold on a second before you light that. I'm going to get out of the way. Seriously, guys, the liquid is not deadly. The fumes that are now filling much of this stage are what is deadly. And so, Bradley, go ahead and do your thing, man. You see, that would have been pretty stupid, wouldn't it? Like, if this would have been actually gasoline that I poured on that, that would have been stupid, wouldn't it? If that would have been gas and not water like I actually did, we would have had problems. Big problems really quick, right? But James says that our tongue and the things that come out of our mouth are just as deadly and poisonous and evil. James says in the first chapter, going back to the beginning of this practical letter, he says this about our tongues. He says, if anyone considers himself religious, and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue. He deceives himself, and his religion is worthless. As our tongues are dangerous. But here's the good news about it. You see, the good news about what we have just talked about here this morning is that there is nothing you can do about it. The good news this morning is you can do nothing about it. See, James chapter 3, the 8th verse, makes it very clear that no man can tame his tongue. The good news is that we cannot do it. You see, we have to understand two things here this morning. Is that the venom and the, the poison and the destruction that I even caused back in my former life. This was not a tongue issue. If some of you in here have the same problem that I do, it's not a tongue issue. It's not just a spewing of the mouth issue. 
I don't want to see any nudges to the person sitting beside of you. It's not even for the fact that you like the way your foot tastes. See, it's not a tongue issue. The second thing that you have to understand here this morning is that it is a heart issue. Guys, I tried so many things. I tried New Year's resolutions. This is going to be the year that I clean up what comes out of my mouth. I even tried hanging out with good people. Like I hung around good Christian people who didn't talk like I did. Who didn't cause destruction with their mouth. I tried hanging out with those people hoping that it would rub off on me. But what happened is that I usually ended up looking like a fool around them. So I had to quit hanging out with them. As I remember very vividly, El Diablo Golf Course down in the Orlando, Florida area. On this golf hole in particular, I remember acting like a fool and looking to my wrist and seeing the WWJD bracelet. I tried everything to clean up my act to no avail because it wasn't a tongue thing church it was a heart issue and I had yet to truly surrender my heart over to Jesus Christ guys you can't take my word for much but you can take Jesus' word and if you have a Bible I need you to turn there to see this If you have it on your phone, I need you to turn with me to Luke chapter 6. Because Jesus talks in Luke chapter 6. And when Jesus talks, I think it's a good thing if we pay attention. And in Luke chapter 6, Jesus says these words. He says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his what? And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his what? Guys, it took me so long to figure out that I didn't have a tongue problem, but I had a heart problem. Jesus goes on to say this truth, for out of the overflow of a man's what? His what? Speaks. And so some of you here today are hoping that I give some magic formula that I can say these things and it will clean up your act. But I understand that there are people here today who don't only have mouth problems, who spew poison and venom and danger out of their mouth. Guys, there's some people here today, it is not only a tongue problem, but it's an addiction problem. And it's an anger problem. 
You say things to other people that you would never say to anybody in this church. And anger is the deadly poison that you're flinging everywhere. Maybe it's not addiction. Maybe you've not said a cuss word in three years. And maybe you don't ever get angry. But maybe you think highly of yourself. And it's pride. Maybe it's not that at all. Maybe you sit and you lust after what someone else has that you just can't quite get your hands on. See, this just doesn't have to do with our tongue. Because it's not a tongue issue. Church, those things that you're trying to overcome and you're sick and tired of failing and you're sick and tired of the shame cycle. Guys, it's not that type of problem. You see, Jesus says that it is stored up in your heart. It's a heart issue, church. I tried everything. Until finally I had realized this truth. That from the overflow of my heart. My mouth was spreading the poison that was in my heart. I don't know what God's saying to you. Some of you are trying really hard. And it may work for a day or two or a week and and you find yourself right back where you began. And I'm going to tell you, man, that's frustrating. Sometimes it makes me almost just want to give up. But as I said earlier, I will say it again. There's nothing you can do about all of this. You see, on your best day, like I'm talking when you perform really well, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, do you know what he called your best day? Do you know what he said your best performance is compared to? He said all of your righteous acts are nothing more than filthy rags. God, what do I do? I'm tired of slinging poison. I'm tired of the addiction. I am an arrogant individual. I'm tired of snapping and being so angry. God, what do I do? Please hear this. There's nothing you can do. Because Jesus has already done it all. If you haven't heard anything that I've said, please hear this. You see, Jesus didn't go to the cross and give his life 
and rise from the dead so that you could go out here and continue tallying up points for your good performances. No, Jesus said, my performance is perfect. We, church, get to reap the benefits of all of that. And because Jesus went to the cross and performed perfectly for us, you and I, we get new life. And church, that's what I needed. I didn't need a new tongue. I didn't need a clean mouth. Some of you in here, you don't need new eyes. Some of you in here, you don't need that girl at work. Some of you in here, you don't need anger management. Need Jesus. Because Jesus says this if you're in me, He says the old is gone and the new has come. A couple weeks ago, my wife's minivan broke down. I don't know what she did to it, but the engine locked up. I mean, Lock slap up. Got a buddy of mine who hooked me up with a new motor. I don't think he's hooked me up, but anyway, we're going to put a new motor in it. Elliot's the guy's name who's working on it. And he says, Scott, man, when we put these new motors in, you might as well get a new water pump. He said, man, we might as well put a new timing belt on it, too. So listen, under that hood, man, it's going to be nice. If I have any mechanics in here that can hook a brother up, I'd really appreciate it. But anyway, God's good, right? Remember, God's good, man. God's good. Yeah. So when you look up underneath that hood, man, we're going to have a new motor. Only 85,000 miles on it, he said. He says that's a good deal. But when you look up underneath that hood, it's going to have a new motor. And it's going to have a new water pump. And it's going to have a new timing belt, whatever that is. But do you know what that thing's going to still be on the outside? An old blue minivan. And you see, that's what we've been trying to do with our life. We try to take it because it's a tongue issue, it's an anger issue, it's an addiction issue, it's a pride thing, and we're trying to put new parts into this. When Jesus says, no, the old is gone, the new has come, I died so that you could be brand new. You see, Jesus doesn't want you to have an old blue minivan with a new motor and a new water pump and a new timing belt. Jesus died on the cross. So that we could have brand new Cadillac Escalades. But too many of us are settling for just the old made up minivan. King David was a man. Scripture says, that King David was a man after God's own heart. Like King David was a great performer. Like he did really good things. 
King David had a heart issue. You see, in King David's heart, he said, I think I'm going to sleep with that man's wife. And he did it. And in King David's heart, he said, now that I know that I've messed up, I better cover this up. And so King David, in his heart, he said, I'm going to plot and I'm going to scheme and I'm going to cover this up because I've just had a man murdered for my problems. I love Psalm 51. Because in Psalm 51, we hear from a man who was after God's own heart. We hear King David cry out. We hear what he said, probably in his mind to God. He wrote it down, and we have the privilege of seeing it. Because in Psalm 51, verse 10, King David cries out, God, create in me a pure heart. See, David didn't say, God, take my sexual desires away from me. He didn't say, take my anger away from me. He didn't say, take these murderous desires away from me. He said, God, create in me a pure heart. I find it very interesting that in Psalm 51.10 there, David uses the word create, which is the Hebrew word barah. I find it very interesting that if you go back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, as we know as the creation story, David used the exact same word there for create that's recorded in Genesis chapter 1 when it says in the beginning, God created. And I love it because David used that exact word saying, God Please create. Do something, God, that only you can create. God, I can't do this. God, you're the only one who can. And so, Barah, create in me a pure heart. Church, it's a heart issue. And I don't know where you stand today, and I don't know what God is even saying to some of you today. But the Savior that we worship here this morning is not interested in cleaning you up. He is in the business of creating brand new yous. If anyone is in Christ, 
He is a brand new creature. The old is gone and the new has come. So Scott, what do I do now? I'll claim that promise. I need some of that that you just talked about. So what's next? I think that's a great question. You see, God has called us to here not only to celebrate and worship, but he's called us here for those of you who know you need new life to walk and to journey and to answer questions and to pray and to do life with you. Because I know that I'm not the only one in here who has been through what I've been through. And today you're as desperate as King David was for a heart transplant. You just don't know what to do next. As you leave today out by the Welcome Center, there's a card that looks just like this that says, what's next? You're going to hear a lot about these cards because this is what we are about. When someone says, yes, I need Jesus Christ, what's next? This is what's next. On the back of it, you'll find all the information. And I trust that we can read here, so I'm not going to read any of this to you. I'm just going to sort of point out what's next. There's some of you in here today, and you're ready to take these next steps with Jesus. Here's what's next. Starting tonight at 5 p.m. at our church office. It was formerly called Jesus 101. Today we're introducing it to you as Momentum One. Momentum One is your next step. We talk about Jesus. We talk about how free in Christ you are. We talk about what it means now that you are a new creation. We talk about all of those things for four weeks. That's what's next. We have another class called Momentum 2. It's more about the vision and the history and what this church stands for that Pastor Bradley will be leading Just a 90-minute class that you can find all that you need to find out about this church. After you complete Momentum 1, formerly Jesus 101, we encourage you to be baptized. Because we believe baptism is a public proclamation of what God has just done in some of your lives here today. And so listen, in September, we're going to be having a huge celebration back out on our land. And we'll baptize as many people in this community that wants to be baptized because we believe it's that important. And it says here that after you get baptized, we want you to join a small group. We want you to start serving. We want you to tell this community what Jesus has done for you. It's all here. 
our goal is that when someone encounters God's Holy Spirit in this place, there's no question of what to do next. Would you bow your heads with me? God's good, isn't he? God is so good that he has taken some things here this morning and he has used them in your life. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I know that there's someone here today who God's Holy Spirit has impressed upon your heart. You need a relationship with my son, Jesus. If that is you today, I'm going to ask you, do not leave this property without picking up a what's next card. Hey God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you in advance for the promises that I see coming to fruition in this place. God, would you give those people that you spoke to here this morning, will you give them the boldness to take that what's next step? Because God, not only do we preach God's word, not only do we want people to hear it, but we want them to embrace it. God, we want to see people continue to be set free. And God, only you can do that. Lord, you've done some heart work in here this morning. God, help us to know that we don't have to go and live through our old self, but God, that we can live this brand new life that the gospel promises. And so, Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for forgiving us of our sins. Jesus, we thank you for loving us. And it's in your powerful and holy name we pray these things.